You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I love doing a little dance when we start things off. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Buyerside. I'm your host, Remy, and this is my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hi. And we got a couple of friends with us tonight. Yeah. Got uh, Joe, one of the sharpest stressed bartenders I've ever met in my life. Definitely the sharpest, best stressed bartender in Detroit. And our good friend Shane has joined us, too. Welcome, fellas. Thanks. Hi. It's a pleasure. It's good to see both of you. So the reason that uh, we're having both of you on tonight, it's just so funny. Like the biggest bar night of the year came up and Joe, you had shared a post that Shane wrote on Facebook, uh, basically talking about how bartenders always miss holidays because we're always working. Or if we do show up to holidays, we're exhausted from working the night before. Uh, And that rang true with me. It was familiar. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. So I loved it. And reached out to Joe and was like, hey, you want to come on and talk about that? He's like, well, I got to bring Shane on, too, because he's the one who wrote it. Uh, Shane, did you end up pulling it up on your phone or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I got it here. Awesome, man. It would be cool, like, just to hear the guy who wrote it in his own voice uh, saying it just for all of our bartender friends out there. So if you want to read that real quick. For sure. Uh, Just a little backstory about that. I had uh, thinking about it, you know, I was thinking about for Thanksgiving and it just kind of, and I was just thinking, seeing all these posts on Facebook of people saying like, I can't believe I'm not going to be my family and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, I haven't been with my family in so long on holiday. (laughs) And I actually, I went to bed, (gasps) I went to sleep and I woke up and just like checked my phone and it had like 150 shares. So I was like, oh, well, apparently there's a bunch of people that agree with what I had to say. Um, so yeah, basically this is what I wrote. I said, uh, while you were celebrating the busiest bar night of the year, I was working it, showing up the next day to my family's house, exhausted, too tired to socialize or eat while you were putting presents under your tree and eating cookies. I was working. I didn't wake up until the afternoon <sighs> Christmas day because I was so exhausted. I ordered Chinese food because it's all I had in me. And that's all that was open. <laughs> Uh, while you were giving your New Year's babe a smooch, I was pouring champagne. We serve an extra two hours that night. I slept for the first day of the new year. You can miss a holiday, I promise you. I've been doing it for years. Absolutely. And every just, weekend. I miss every fucking weekend. But on every year, my family has a big Christmas party, like the Saturday before Christmas. And I'm like, I can't go. I have to like, I can't turn down $300 right before Christmas to not go to a set, you know, to not work Mm -hmm. a Saturday night. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's just the nature of the business. And, you know, holiday money is so good. You can't turn it down. And, you know, so you miss out on stuff. Do you miss out on birthday parties? I've asked friends and family before when they've invited me to they know that it's on a saturday like oh we're gonna have this you know this birthday party or this thing on a saturday and i'm like cool are you gonna give me 350 (laughs) dollars because i need to make my rent still like i can show up to your birthday party but then i might not have a house next week right (laughs) so you know it's not even it's not even about like necessarily it's not even necessarily about like the the monetary the, the amount of money it's just the fact that like weekend nights holiday big holiday shifts you know this time of year especially you know, getting into Christmas and New Year's, this is always like the busy time in the bars and not making that cash. I mean, it can really make or break 
you know, certain things for you. So I completely agree. I, um, I, especially working in a nightclub, it's like the only days we're only open Fridays and Saturdays. So if I'm unable to work one Saturday, that means that I'm missing out on, you know, an eighth of my income at that point. (laughs) You know, it's like, seriously, I can only, I can only work so many days. There's only so many days to work every month for me. And, you know, of course we're open for like big holidays and stuff. And it's like, I can't remember a day that I didn't work Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving night, Christmas Eve, Christmas night. You know, I was always the one that would take those shifts because big money. New Year's? Go ahead, Joe. Well, that's, I've had the good fortune, especially the past couple of years where no amount, I've kind of started to subscribe to the idea that no amount of money is worth my sanity. And working Mm -hmm. on like opening day, St. Practice Day, uh, Parade Day, New Year's Eve, the night before Thanksgiving, you know, I'm all set on that. I'll work a couple of extra days that month to make up for it. But I, I definitely have been in that position uh, up until the past couple of years where I just, I, I don't want to, I, I see my family so seldom anyway. I really want to be able to be there when I'm there instead of like having to go crash for like three hours while they're opening presents or cutting cake or, you know, having the main courses. The one that gets me is when you work for like a smaller place and they decide to be open on one of the big barbecue weekend holidays. Like so Labor like, Day. Or 4th of July or Memorial Day. It's like, look, everybody is on a boat or barbecuing anyways. Your bar does not have to be open. Like, let us, you know, I'm working Thanksgiving Eve. I'm working Christmas Eve. I'm working New Year's Eve. I miss out on all these holidays. The least you can do is close down, shut down shop for the barbecue holidays so that I can go spend some time with my family. But, you know those places are few and far between as well. And I, you know, there's been, you have to pick and choose your battles. Like every once in a while, you can take a holiday off to go do something or a special occasion or something like that. Yeah. You know, I remember missing a Saturday, two Saturday nights so that I could go uh, to my buddy's bachelor party and then stand up in his wedding. And I'm like, you know, that was the first time I ever got to stand up in a wedding. So I got to take a couple Saturday nights off. And I did what you did, Joe, you know, it's like worked a couple extra shifts, just tried to budget that month to, to make it work. But it stung. It was like I missed two yeah. Saturday nights. I had to spend money on the bachelor party and rent a tuxedo for the thing. It was like that was a really pricey wedding that didn't the, the marriage didn't even last a year, by the way. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Uh, how many times have you been married for less than a year? <laughs> oh, not you. I no, no, no. I've been in I've been in a wedding that lasted for less than six months, and yeah. it was brutal how much money I had to pay. So. <laughs> So, I don't even yeah, talk to them the, anymore. You take the good with the bad, but you know, to yeah, your point, my, um, Shane. My wife and I were actually. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Oh, sorry. I must be on a huge delay. <laughs> um, I was, uh, my wife and I were actually just speaking earlier. We were just talking about like t- touching base on the same, the same thing about missing holidays and all that kind of stuff. But one of the, one of the big things that we were talking about was, you know, some places you, you're not even allowed to request those days off. You, you, yeah, you risk losing your actual job. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. That's... So if you were to, if you were to, you know, even request it off, they're like, oh, well then you don't want your job here anymore. You know, so you, you can't even request them off if you want to. It's, you know, and I, I feel bad, you know, sometimes. I've been, you know, bartending for over a decade and, you know, you have your, it comes with its ups and its downs. And I think that, you know, trying to make your family and your friends understand those things, like my schedule is completely different than your nine. My day 
up and I'm ready to, you know, hang out and party. And you might not be because you have to get up and go to your night and five. Right. Well, and I think that's part of on Monday. That's kind of part of that's why we become family with our bartender friends, you know, like the industry friends become like family to you because everybody's got Monday off and Tuesday off, you know, everybody takes Sunday night, Monday night, night off so that they can go out. And that's, those are our weekend days when we go out and party and stuff like that. Everybody else is, like you said, getting up, going to their nine to five jobs. They're not hanging with us anymore. Right. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, not watching your little cousins grow up and missing five, six, seven family Christmas parties in a row and stuff like that. You know, luckily, I'm Thanksgiving, unless unless you're working downtown for like the football games, like you can get Thanksgiving night off because a lot of places are closed, you know, so that that one was good. But there was a couple of times when I had to, you know, I had to work and you know, everybody everybody's watching the game and then going home and eating turkey. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a there's hundred drunk people here that, like, you know, don't have family to go to. So I got to keep getting them drunker. <laughs> right. I basically have to aid in people not having somewhere to go, even though I have somewhere I could go. Yeah. You know, I have to be there to make sure that those people have somewhere that they can go to. So that that's kind yeah. of another occupational hazard of our industry is, we do deal with a lot of people, even though we do have families. I, I don't see mine very often, but there are people who come in. I may be the only person that they see that day, uh-huh. you know? So they come in and they hang out. And then like, I'm thinking specifically of one guy right now that comes into where I'm at in Berkeley. And that, he, he would come in and hang out for like three, four hours. And it was a, just fantastic. He would bring in some of his other friends, but he had nobody else to hang out with. He had no family right. in the neighborhood. And that was it. I might be so, the only conversation or the only friendly face. Yeah. And I, I'm a giver. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, of an empath. I'm compassionate. If somebody needs an ear, I've got, I've got an ear. If somebody needs a shoulder. I'm here. For, it's, it's all part of the industry. Mm-hmm. And sadly, true. and sadly to go along, you know, with the whole point of this podcast is it is a sad, unfortunate part of the industry. And I yeah, feel like there's gotta be something we can do to get around that for everybody. Too. Right. I've worked at places where you had to work two out of the three big holiday nights coming up. You know, like you can either have uh, the biggest bar night of the year off, Christmas Eve off or New Year's off. You pick one and then they rotate them out. And I was like, well, that's fair. You know, what, what, what's your mo- what's your favorite one? What do you want to do this year? Would you rather celebrate on New Year's Eve? To me, I don't even like celebrating on New Year's Eve anymore. I've worked so many of them that it's just like, if I'm not working it, I'm not going out to a bar or a big party or something like that. I'd rather just hang out with a group of a small group of friends or my family or something like that. But I get it. You know, it's like if you give them the choice, like you can have one of the three big holidays off, but you got to work the other two. That seems like a fair way to do it. You know, if you've got the staff to cover it. Right. Uh And this is where I, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, I've 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 had the good fortune of being able to pick and choose. Um, And after and if we can all attest to this, after you've been in this industry so long, I've kind of gained some steel where I'm like, I don't request days off. I inform you in advance when I'm not going to be there. End of story. You don't, you're not approving the request. You're my spot. Done. Oh, you, yeah. you don't like that? Sorry, there's about seven other people right down the road who are dying to get me behind their bar. And that's, oh, yeah. a, it's a very arrogant thing to say, but we're all very good at what we do. This is why we're in the position we are in the city that we live in. And that's that. I've definitely exactly. said to a, to a boss before, I'm not asking. I'm telling you I'm not going to be here. So if that means I don't have a job afterwards, that's fine. 
because I can find right. another job. You know, like I'm very good at what I do. Yep. I'm a strong bartender. I'm a fast bartender. I'm a knowledgeable bartender. So a million places will hire me in a heartbeat to put me on their staff. And I'm, I am very good about making sure that I give you plenty of time, plenty of notice. You know, if there's a festival I'm going to, believe me, you know about it six months in advance. There's no excuse for you not to be able to. I already bought my plane ticket. Sorry. (laughs) I'm not going to be here. Sorry. (laughs) You know. And another side of that too is like you were you mentioned earlier that we are family to each other because we are so deeply ingrained and embedded into this industry. We are each other's family, um, but we do have to have allegiance. It's not like we're just bouncing around. I mean, Shane, how long have you been where you're at right now? You've been there since they opened. Yep, where I'm at currently, I've been there since day one. We, uh, we would be celebrating our five years, but I've also with the company. I mean, we've opened up two other spots, and I've been at all of those places as well. So one is a craft cocktail bar and the other main place that I work every weekend is a nightclub. Um, and then on top of that, you know, working, I've worked at Pain Lady now for three or four years. Um, worked at Tangent on and off for about seven years. Like it, it's, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You, you have this time to do it. And it, it's again, like you were saying, like if, if I want something off, it's like, it's not really, I, I'm not, I hate to say that I'm not asking, but I'm just saying like yeah. this is what's gonna no, it, what it's need not... to happen for me to continue to have sanity, you know. Right. Exactly. I don't go into places off. being like, fuck you, I'm not coming in. It's like, no, listen, I, I am here every single shift. I make sure I'm here early. I'm always the last one to leave. I do all of my work without ever being scolded or told, you know, how to do it. I I come in and I do my fucking job and I do it very well. Here's the other thing. Like, I'm not going to call off. Like, I'm just not. I don't call off. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know if I'm coming down. Unless I'm in my deathbed, you best Right, exactly. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be sick. I'm not calling off. Literally, I have 110 fever and I'm shitting myself. Right. Well, then, then I, I'm going to call off. But no, like I, you know, I can count on one hand the times that I've called off in my career, uh, almost 20 years as a bartender, and I still have change from the five fingers. You know what I mean? Like right. you just don't call off. I've, you know, come in drunk. I've come in hungover. I've come in under the weather. I've come in exhausted. But like <laughs> I'm not that guy that's going to call off. And not everybody in our industry is like that. There's a lot of shady people out there that will, they'll call off so they can go to a concert or a ball game or just go hang out with their friends or whatever. But, and so like the owners do have to protect themselves. The management has to protect themselves to an extent, but it's like, like you said, if I give you plenty of notice, if I give you more than two weeks notice, three weeks notice that I'm going to be going somewhere, I've got a special event to go to cover my shift man it's not you know we're not we're not doing brain surgery here and i'm the only guy that knows how to do it it's making fucking drinks right like get somebody else to pour the fucking drinks one stuff you'll you'll be fine (laughs) if i've ever had to cover a shift i've always been the one to cover my own shift when Mm -hmm. i'm requesting time off then i expect you to cover my shift you know what i mean i'm giving you plenty of time to schedule around that and and figure that out but if I'm sick for some reason or something, I will call around and ask somebody, can you take my shift? I'll go into work if nobody can take my shift and hopefully they'll send me home or I just power through it. Yeah. Yep. Right. But uh, to kind of go along with what you were talking about, not just giving or jumping ship or, uh, you know, we've all been in this business long enough. We've all, we have to garner the respect of the house that we're working out of. 
Mm-hmm. And with if we respect them by treating their house properly, more often than not, they'll respect us with our wishes of time off or maybe, oh, hey, let me, let me get out of here. You know, let me do this thing. And, you know, what comes around goes around and we're all mature enough and we're professional enough in this industry to where we're, in, we're, we're we don't have to be like, oh, um, and we don't always have to be, but it's happened where, oh, you don't like the fact that I'm not going to be here that day. Peace. I'm going to be over here working right next door, making twice as much money for them that you could have had. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, there's, there's loyalty up to a certain point. When, you know, once you show me that, that I'm not that loved, then all right, fine. That, there's plenty of places that, that will love me, you know. And how fortunate, the two-way street for sure. Exactly. Yes. And how fortunate are all of us right now that we have that, uh, acumen that sort of uh credibility that respect in the industry that we can go just about anywhere people know us yeah. for what we do and they're like oh uh-huh. uh i know what you do and i like what you do keep up the good work if you ever happen to need a a shift or you know i mean that that's kind of how we all do it down here you know yeah absolutely i'll drink to that <laughs> oh, are we doing shots i'm doing a shot if you guys are ready what are you She's doing got a bag of wine She's doing a shot of wine. Were we not slapping the bag? (laughs) Slapping it. it. (laughs) Slapping the bag. Ah, that's good stuff. What are y'all drinking? Well, I'll give you three guesses. It's whiskey, and the first two don't count. (laughs) Does it happen to be from a very... um, Emerald colored island. <laughs> it might be, sir. It might be. It might be. I'm I, drinking I, Boda Box. I recently moved. I, Boda Box I recently is moved, and they don't. And they they had one chipped shot glass, and then one shot glass here. And so this one, it came with a free shot glass, and I'm like, all right, oh. I'll get it. I'm like, <laughs> what does it say? Oh, tell them we're due. Got yeah. it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so grateful to see you doing that one, and not the J word. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jameson too. I love all whiskey, really, except for Jack Daniels. Um, that's the one I don't do. Sorry if Jack Daniels wanted to sponsor our podcast. You can't. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. All right. They just started backspacing on that giant contract <laughs> yeah. they were writing us. Yeah, exactly. Almost. Like, put that check back, checkbook back in your pocket there, buddy. <laughs> um, oh, no, I don't hate him. It just makes me, t- it just it does something to me. It turns me crazy. It's the one whiskey right. that makes me. I mean, a lot of whiskey makes me an idiot, but like that stuff specifically. I believe we've had a few idiotic nights. One or two, my friend. One or two. <laughs> Not even mad about it. Shane, what are you sipping on over there? You got something, uh, taste of beverage? Oh, that claw. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm drinking white girl seltzer. <laughs> is it mango? <laughs> it's lemon, but I have a mango. On, I have oh, a mango a lemon. On okay. right here. Mango's the best one. <laughs> I do like the mango. But I... <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. Some uh, uh, eighteen hundred tequila that I'm just shooting because it's out of the corner store. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm sipping on mostly lemon in, uh, or I'm sorry, chamomile and lavender tea, but um, I got a little bit of this guy right here. Oh, oh there you go, fancy yeah. schmancy. Yeah, a little bit I of this uh, lovely rum. Bumboo, isn't that the baby Yoda's name? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I missed that episode. Oh Aww. no, then I won't spoil it for you. I won't spoil. I don't, it. I was gonna do I don't spoiler, care. Spoil I... all you want to. Just yeah, you gotta, it. <laughs> you gotta watch the newest episode. It's really, really good. Yeah, that's Don't all spoil it for me there. either. Yes, it's really, really good. It, baby, baby Yoda has a name. So, there you go. Aww. Yeah, you, I have you to say, to find it. 
My my favorite part about that whole series is Amy Sedaris. Which one is she? She is the one hundred percent the 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 mechanic that he hold that he kind of junk- joined up with. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, also, her brother David Sedaris is one of the greatest authors uh, in in America in the past fifty years. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, if if you're a book nerd, I highly suggest checking out anything by David Sedaris. And Amy Sedaris has some really funny books too. Perfect. Good to know. Like Thanks for that books. info. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're they're like sardonic and deeply sarcastic craft books. Like show up to a party that you know, bring your own thing, and just show up with an empty plate with crumbs on it, and be like, "My cookies were a hit." <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah. it, her whole book's like that it's fantastic like 30 different ways to incorporate a toilet paper roll into your like decor <laughs> yeah she's dope so anyway we digress yes <laughs> back to yeah, oh we're doing it again all right <clears throat> well but that's that's kind of the whole point of our podcast and what we've been doing you know when we get a couple of guests on and stuff it's basically like going out for shift beers, you know, after after your shift is over and you're sitting around shooting the shit with your friends, talking shop, talking about what exactly. we love about the industry, what we hate about it. You know, we're going to cut out the part where we bitch about our coworkers that are worthless, lazy pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's anybody you guys want to throw under the bus real quick. Like, we can do that, too. Uh, um, yeah. It would be know, fun, but we'll, we'll talk about stuff, that later. Well, that kind of stuff always a little bit went a long way because you would notice that, like, especially if it was everybody who worked at the same joint would go out to the same bar afterwards and you were all one big crew, everybody would just bitch and complain and bitch and complain. It would turn into, like, this this bitch fest, you know, and you're just like, you know, like, I came to relax and have a good time and I really don't want to think about work, you know, so that would be like I've I've definitely told people. I've definitely told people several times, like, uh, if we go out for drinks after this, like, you can not talk to me you know I, yeah like no work related work bullshit at all and no everything junk. we say I'm trying to is leave work to go talk. yeah everything we say is like off the record you know oh yeah right. oh one absolutely but i mean the 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 downside of that is uh, sure the vast majority of our friends are industry friends but i have a few civilians out there that i hang out with yeah. and uh, all they want to do is do like, how was work? What did you hate about it? And just like needle and prick and pry and like pull at the scab. And I'm like, it's not right. Time right. is like, not right. It's, it's work. I hated everything about it except for the fun stuff. You know, it's like, right. every once in a while there's fun stuff. Every once in a while you have just like the most amazing night where all of your guests are fantastic and you have really good yeah. conversations and people are throwing money at you left and right. And you know, you're just, you're, you you're killing it you know you're putting on a show and you're having fun you're everything goes smoothly and then other nights not so much but it's like right you know it's it always seemed way better than putting on a shirt and tie and going and sitting in a cubicle for eight hours and staring at like yeah. mm-hmm. a, a bunch of other cubicles i'm like i'll put on a shirt i'll put on a shirt and tie and go work behind a bar and, well you, you know. put on a shirt and tie <laughs> because you yeah you want it to look good but i mean could That's you what i do you, Imagine your imagine your get up at like you know a place where everybody's wearing dockers and polos. You know, like you'd be a little bit out of place. Like, they, I mean, you got to read the room. Exactly. Right? You know, uh, I've, no, definitely, it, I've definitely I've definitely gotten off the clock a few times and walked into like remember uh, Inky and Turtle and Hamtramck. Inky Shane, and Tur- 
It was no. the diviest of dive bars from years ago. Shane, tell me you remember this. Never even. No. All right. Well, there's a Google search for it. It, it probably sat like 14 people. <laughs> uh, it, it was one of those old school divey small bars, uh, vet bars. You know, me and my buddy uh, walked in and I had the get up on. Yeah. And it's like the record scratched and everybody stopped and looked right at the door. And I oh, yeah. a shot and uh, shot in a beer and it was like three bucks for both of them. I'm like, fuck that. Get two shots and two beers for everybody in this bar. And yeah, for real. Then I became friends with everybody. Yeah, <clears throat> check out this guy with the fucking cravats. Ah, <laughs> uh, awesome stuff. So, but you know, it's like you, what I always appreciated about the way you dress, Joe, is that you own it. You know what I mean? It's like you've you're comfortable in those clothes. When I wear clothes like that, I'm uncomfortable in them. Like I don't feel comfortable in them. But that's, that's just fine. me. But it's, yeah, but everybody's like, got a thing, man. You you rock it, you own it, and you can tell it's like it's like a second skin on you. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. natural. So that's a good thing. Well, thank you. And so uh, what I'm dying to know is since the uh, end of the first lockdown until now, how, what has everybody's experiences been with um, with guests? Zero. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. want to talk about this. I've had zero experience with guests. We have been yeah. shut down since March 13th at my bar. We both, and I, and I had the opportunity to go back and didn't. I was like, I, I can't, I cannot in good conscience go and bartend while there's a global pandemic going on and people are allowed to come in and take their mask off and talk to, like, I can't do it. I just, I can't. Well, I'm immunocompromised and my father who I see weekly is, uh, has terrible COPD. So I just am not comfortable and my place isn't even open. Like they, we literally have not opened for five minutes since the entire thing has happened. Cause um, like I said, we're a nightclub. So nightclubs have all these extra restrictions. We're not supposed to be having places that you can dance indoors. You have to have a sign or like um, seating for every person Mm -hmm. that's inside of the bar and everything. And I know that there are nightclubs that are open and they're doing all that stuff, but they're doing it illegally. And the place that I work at is trying to follow the rules and keep people as safe as possible. So I'm super grateful of that, except for I don't have any income right now for nine months going on 10 months. So yeah, I've been working uh, just Saturdays mostly um, at a, um, but they have built this entire huge outdoor space with a stage and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they put all the tables outside and no one's allowed in the building except if it's just to use the restroom and we have to kind of stand at the door and we take drink orders and then uh, they we, they stay outside. We go back in the bar and make the drinks, go back outside, deliver the drinks and to get payment and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's so far it's been old, not so much. Um, it's kind of too chilly to be standing around outside and listening to techno music. And we have the whole thing of, uh-huh. yeah, we have a sign that says, please dance in your heart because you can't actually dance on the dance floor. Um, so, so, oh. Shane's cutting out quite a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Still there though. <laughs> you know, now and again, I've had come in and how about now? Hold on. Better. Talk now. Yeah. That sounds like you're better. <laughs> now Hello. We're not getting this Hello. Hello. Welcome. 
Oh, that's all you had to Hole. do. Was, that's all you had to do was hit that button. You should have done that at the beginning. <laughs> so both both of the bars that I work at aren't aren't open yet either, and um, because the second one that I work at is City Club, and you know they're trying to follow the rules too. So it's it's very very difficult, especially for the nightclub industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I commemorate like the the or I com- commend the people that are like holding nightclubs open and, and doing everything, but doing it safely and like asking people obviously to dance from their dance in their heart and not like on the actual dance floor and everything. That's awesome. But the place I work at, it's impossible. We don't have like a parking lot that we can do outdoor seating or anything like that. So we're just kind of stuck. Yeah. I basically just like, uh, hung up my bar key for now, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm not coming back. Until, right I'm not coming back until all this is over. I just don't feel comfortable working in a job where I'm, you know, dealing with the public and it sucks. I miss it, but it's also like, you know, throughout my career bartending, I've always hopped around and done a little other things too. You know, it's like, right. I did a little bit of this. I did a little bit of that. I quit for a while and I worked construction for a year and I did this for a year. And I, you know, I learned this little trade a couple of years ago. And so luckily uh, I had the perfect job to fall into when the shutdown happened so that I was able to keep working and making money and not deal with the public and not be out there with everybody. But, you know, it's like, I still do the show because it's part of my life and I, and I love it. Yeah, and I absolutely. It. And someday if, you know, if COVID gets under control and, you know, we're not all scared for our lives, uh, I might go back to it, but no promises. And, and I haven't made any decisions about it yet. Not until, not until this whole shit show is over. <laughs> I feel like right. for sure I'll be going back to bartending. It's just really difficult with, all the restrictions to like find a job bartending right now everywhere that you want to go into as a new employee wants me to be like a waitress first or a hostess. And I'm just like, I just, I feel like I've paid my dues. I've been doing this for, you know, 17 years now. And I, I've been a bartender that entire time. I I'm, I'm done doing the whole waitressing thing. I don't mind helping out waitressing. I don't mind doing mixed shifts that's fine but if i don't get a single bartending shift then i'm like i can't i'm a bartender at heart that's what i do you know that's that's my passion so right it's well i uh difficult i had the good fortune of going back to work um well uh, i wouldn't call it good fortune it didn't turn out the way i had hoped um just because obviously we're all shut down again now, but uh, the place I am working the most out of right now, we have to go, we have um, outdoor seating for about 56 people. Um, And it's in Berkeley. So Berkeley common, shameless plug. Um, We have igloos, outdoor seating, ventilated, heated, everything's good. We spend 30 minutes between every uh, reservation only uh, 30 minutes sanitizing everything. Um, and again, to speak to the safety of it all, I mean, knocking on wood, I'm doing okay. No positive tests yet. Oh my God, I feel like I just jinxed myself. But um, I've, I've, I've been really fortunate um, once the, uh, I didn't want to, I mean, let's be honest, dude, when that, when that extra 600 bucks a week was coming through, <laughs> I was fine. It was great. Yeah, oh yeah. And then uh, going back to work now, it's, uh, I mean, Going from Detroit to Berkeley is is a bit of a hike, but at the same time, 
I'm not going super crazy like I was the last couple months. Like the last couple months of the first shutdown just drove me absolutely bananas. You know, the first the first month. How do you feel about those like enclosed igloos? On the fence. I mean, I work with them, but I'm on the fence. But we're doing everything we can to sanitize and clean and UV lights and everything we can do. Because isn't that just indoor outdoor seating at that point? It really is. I feel like. Yeah, and it really is. I mean, the the irony of it all is great because you can't you can't sit inside where there's good ventilation and lots of space, but you can you sit can outside sit inside as long as you're this bubble yeah. <laughs> that's full of germs. Where everybody, Even those yeah. little like um, wedding ceremony tents that they have for outdoors, it's like you're still sitting inside of a room. You're still sitting in an enclosed space, and there's no air coming in and out. At least with like the like indoors and stuff, there's like people that are like walking in and out and the doors are opening and everything like that, where this like little bubble thing, it's like just all keep it closed up as much as possible. You know, people aren't like right. keeping it open. And, there's not even know. any windows. Right, there's no uh, there, windows. There, no, no, there, there are, there are windows. We have windows in ours, I should say, that you can, there's two vents, they're triangular vents that you can unzip and open that are, it's kind of like a, a, a you know, the, the big door is right there. And then if you go in about four, 90 degrees either way, there's another. Uh, uh, I was walking. Okay, I, I was why in, would you I, open I was them if you. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was in. I, I was um, away from Detroit for a minute and I was um, doing a video thing and I was at a restaurant where they have the igloos and the server would um, approach it by himself and he has. Uh, you know, trays and trays of food, and he really had no way to like unzip the whole igloo to like get in. Oh so God. he just like set the trays down on the ground, and it was like snowing. It was just like, oh, I don't even think about like how how to like even maneuver like a tent zipper. You know, to like like I mean, I, I have a hard enough time getting in and out of a tent, let alone after a couple cocktails. I can right. only imagine how sloppy that would be for me. So we have. Um four tents soon to be five and we have a table at um right by the the main door so we can either set it there and open it up that way or with the windows if you know depending on how people feel about it we'll just hand them through there oh that makes sense okay yeah so i mean i guess it makes sense yeah I, i feel i mean i feel like i'm in good hands but i mean at the same time it's such a it's such a crapshoot no matter what happens no matter who goes where there's the virus is everywhere you know going back to what i was saying about being at tangent one night we were talking about customers i had three people come in that and not none of them were wearing masks and they walked right up to the bar to try to order and i was like oh actually you have to order outside also you have to have a mask on to be in the building um and then a woman one of the women lit a cigarette in the bar and i was just like okay so now we're like even 10 like years or more trees of like i was like what year do you think this is get out of my <laughs> bar now like you can't smoke a cigarette in here and she walked to the door she was still inside the bar and she wa- walked right up to the exit and then i was like no all the way outside and she blew her fucking cigarette smoke in my face and Get I was like, during a pandemic, here. you're lucky I won't hit a woman. But like, seriously, oh, like, I'm during an a pandemic, I will up. make an exception. Like, there was nothing womanly <laughs> about you? her. She was a straight up bitch. Right. Exactly. Yep. So then I, I kicked all three of them out. And her, her boyfriend, who was like five foot two, he came back in and he was like, you're an asshole. I'm going to kick your ass. And I was like, no, you're not. 
And he was like, yeah, I will. And he like tried to jump over the bar, but the bar is huge. Like it's literally probably like four feet wide. And so he kept like, and he kept trying to like hoist him, his little body up over the bar. And I was like, you're not going to do anything. And then he, he kept being like, I'm going to kick your ass. I was like, no, you won't. And then no. he threw a whole jug of hand sanitizer at me and it completely missed and just landed at my feet. And I just looked at him and I go, are you done? Get out of the bar. <laughs> Poor little Napoleon. Aww. Oh, that's Aww. awesome. Well, you handled that very well, Shane. I like, the, I like your style on handling Shane's that. always that's been different, very diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. I can always, like, know when somebody is going to come up and just be a fucking Karen. For oh, sure. yeah. They, I can always They've got it tell. written all over their face. They can, you, you can just tell by their body language when you start, you start telling them what the rules are. And I'm like... I, I'm really glad that I didn't go back, you know, because I'm just I hearing all the horror stories about pandemic rules and people not, you know, and people get drunk and they're like, ah, it's no big deal. And you're like, no, it kind of is. No, a big it's deal. kind of is. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it's a big deal. Still a pandemic globally. So, I mean, <laughs> and the, going back to work, you know, it's like uh, as soon as I could, it was right down the middle. People were either super compassionate or super caring and kind. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh, I don't want to wear a mask and I'm going to order off the menu. I'm like, I'm sorry. Maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're more suited for Greek town. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, 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 no shame to Greek town. I work right next to that. I know. I got to stop doing that shit. I've spent more time in the burbs lately. So I got to say like, oh, take that shit back to insert burb here. <laughs> insert burb. Royal Oak. Say Royal Oak. <laughs> uh, hey. Tell you what. I, the, the, I would rather hang out. I would rather hang out in Birmingham. I don't know. <laughs> mm, I no. live in Ferndale. It's basically Royal Oak 2.0. Right. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I I worked in I worked in Royal Oak for years and like mm-hmm. at you know at the big fucking nightclub-y place, like the the exact spot that everybody's talking about. So um Blackfin? But it yeah, you know, it was fun. Uh <laughs> no. Are they actually, shut down? I Please O'Tools. I hope trivia. I hosted trivia at Blackfen for a couple of years. And so I got to know all the people that worked there really well. Um, no, I worked at Fifth Avenue for like oh, four right years part-time. I knew it. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally Fifth Avenue. You know, I had the haircut. So I, obviously I was going to bartend there. <laughs> that's all you need is the haircut. Like, that's all. That's all. For a guy, you just got to have the hair to cut and know how to pour a couple of drinks. Amen. And the last time I went to Fifth Avenue, it was like Christmas night. And it was like... I don't know, midnight or something. And they were fucking slammed. I was like, and they were understaffed. And I was like, y'all need me behind the bar right now. Well, currently they took over, they took over like the entire, uh, like, what is that? Fifth street. Like they took over the whole street and built this like deck space that has like individual tables on it. It, The whole street is literally, yeah, the whole street is literally just fifth Avenue now. Yep. Isn't isn't it right next to O'Toole's or something? Yeah, O'Toole's yeah, it is. So yeah, they all. It's like the and there's a bar across the street, so they all kind of share it. Oh. But it was basically it's basically like a weird little one way street, anyways, down there. And it, yeah, because like, the railroad, off by railroad right tracks. So they, yeah, it makes sense that they just like closed it off. They're like, all right, now you can't drive here anymore, so that we can keep making. I money mean, it was it was a cut off street anyway. It didn't even have a it didn't even have a go through for the um, train tracks. 
Right. You have to go down and then turn right. Yeah. You'd have to turn around. Yeah. You'd have to turn right down like an alley or whatever. And it's just like, fuck that place. Yeah. Just like whatever. Turn that all into, into, it's just like Ann Arbor is doing the same thing. Like they were having, um, you know, all of Liberty street, which is actually like a main road that people go down. Mm -hmm. They were turning Liberty street into just all outdoor seating. And during the summer they had like, DJs outside and you know entire patios that never existed before just in the street. I mean all about these businesses, you know. I'm all for changing things up and like, hey, you know what? There's a pandemic and we got to figure out a way to make this work. So let's figure out a way to make it work. I'm all for that, like ingenuity and like, you know, if you've got plastic like all the way from the ceiling down to the floor and tiny little holes cut out, and I can pass you your drink between that, you know, like figure stuff out guys that's that's sure you know we're innovative we're we're geniuses we're fucking adaptable you're allowed to do to go drinks now just do a fucking literal district thing a walk-up bar what do you mean social district walking around all that kind of stuff so they they turned they turned um what is it so it's uh the baltimore and the well um, yep and oh, the, yeah, wild, the wild wings and, and whatever wild the wing. other one is right there that, that whole like street and then behind it in the parking lot is considered the social district so you can yeah. actually just have open intox in that area whether you bring it from a liquor store or you buy to-go cocktails from a bar you can just be there outside drinking um and no one really is monitoring like you coming in or out so like over the summer i mean there was nights when there was literally two thousand people just hanging out in that general corner of the city and not a mask in sight, not a single person. Yeah. Guy. That's the problem. You know? yeah. Yeah. Just that's, like that's pounding, pounding bottles that they buy right. at the liquor store and they're not even supporting the business. They're just hanging out because they want to be out of the house. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. That, that's we, you definitely have to have some controls on it. And, uh, but Again, I'm I'm all for the businesses staying open. I'm all for save our industry, you know, figure out a way to do it, figure out a way to do it safely, figure out a way to do it and and keep these businesses afloat because it's going to be rough. You know, a lot of people are going to lose their businesses. A lot of people are going to go out and and, you know, not not open back up. It's and people people like me where I am, you know, 33 years old. And I've only ever worked in bars since the day I turned 18. I've only ever worked in bars. I don't have any other skill sets. Not to say that I'm not talented in other things or whatever, but this is something that I've honed my skill. I have a career. It's a career. Exactly. I've worked my way from the bottom of the bottom to the top of the top. And now you want me to just completely give that up and move on and start from the bottom somewhere else at 33 years old with a house, animals, you know, uh, roommates and, you know, a car payment, car insurance, you know, it's like, it's not like I'm a kid living with my parents and I don't have any bills and I don't have any responsibilities. No, I I I honestly like our whole industry needs like a big bailout. Like they gave the big three, like they gave wall street. They need to bail out the restaurant industry this Not time. Not to billion-dollar like, companies like, yeah. what was it, the Ritz-Carlton got a billion dollars or a million dollars or something like that? Like, Shake Shack Ritz-Carlton gave doesn't need any fucking money. <laughs> they did. They don't well, need any lot, fucking money, dude. The Ritz-Carlton the is, is perfectly fine. There's well, that's where all those fraud that allegations for are them, coming from. And they got taken care of, you know. But, yeah, no, I agree. It's... You, you, 
they got they have to do some kind of mass stimulus to bail out like the restaurant industry in general. What All about the people, people that, that like, were in the middle of building up their new restaurant that was never able to open? Right. Yeah. You know, I actually know someone personally who was in the middle of building up his new place and was ready to open and shit happened and we haven't opened once. And it's like, this dude has been sitting on rent and utilities and stuff for 10 months, almost a year without any revenue whatsoever because they can't get the inspections done. They can't get nothing. It's like everything's come to a standstill and, and then even if you do get your inspections taken care of and all that kind of stuff, how are you actually going to navigate with the new rules? And how are you going right. to actually promote your business as a dining establishment, as a drinking establishment? How are you going to do that in the midst of a pandemic when no one's allowed to come inside, when no right. one's allowed to set foot inside? It's just, you know, it's almost literally just the nail the in the coffin for so many people. And the, you know, trying to get people interested in a new business and... Right. And everything while the rent is still due on the first and all the utilities are still due throughout this entire thing, that shit doesn't just stop for these people. They're literally still spending their entire life savings on keeping this afloat, hoping that pretty soon they can open, pretty soon they can open, pretty soon they can open. And (laughs) And then they open and what happens? They get shut down for three weeks. They get shut down again. Exactly. I don't think this three week shutdown is going to end at three weeks. I think it's going to keep going. November 27th, we had almost, almost 18, all right, almost 17,000 new cases in one day in In Michigan alone. Well, I feel like like there's a double edged sword because there's part of me that is like, I, I super support a lockdown and I super support like people being like, Hey, sit down. Like everyone just sit down for five minutes and let's try to figure this out. But if you're going to do that, then you need to give people money and you need to give people something to live on because we can't just sit down and my rent doesn't stop, my health insurance doesn't stop, my car payment doesn't stop. Right. Exactly. I support lockdown, but my rent is still due every month and I'm not getting shit from unemployment. I'm getting a hundred dollars a week. My rent alone is $950 a month. My rent Hot. alone. So any money I had in savings. I have that's a two-year-old just, daughter. How can I live off unemployment? <laughs> exactly. Quickly dwindling. Even if you get the 325 or whatever the fuck it is that they give people. Whatever it is. Yeah. Even if it's almost $400. That doesn't matter. Because in reality, most no. people in the service industry are not getting that. And I know I'm not. I know a million other people that aren't. And I know a million other people that haven't been paid since day one. Yeah, most people in the industry have also, we've also become accustomed to uh, our lifestyles actually needing to make more than $400 a week. We, uh, you know, we, 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 $400 the reason why we stay in our industry is because we, we can make that in a day or two. A month. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, even if, even if I'm working at a place that's just okay, I can make 400 on a weekend easily. You should like, live with oh, 400. Yeah. 400 I was Karen. Yeah, that's not a week. Anyways, so it's it's about the end of our podcast here. We got to get off because the next show's got to get on. It's right. okay. Like we had a good uh, time. It was really nice to meet you, Shane. It's always a pleasure to see you, Joe. We're gonna thanks, leave everybody Randy. with thanks, a Lauren, Shane. I don't oh, know good. how they're gonna figure hey, it wait. out, but I hope can, they figure it out. Can I do something real quick? I, I'm, I'm, have, I'm having do. a little bit of an attention. Someone needs more attention right now. Bella, oh. say hi. Oh, Bella. Look at her. Look at that baby. Hi, baby. 
Everybody loves dogs and bartenders, and I'll drink so to that. So let me just I'll say really quick to the people who have sent us emails, thank you so much. Yay, we love you. We are so happy that you have. We're trying to like get up a couple so that way we can read them on the air or something, make a little mini episode. If not, then we'll kind of like get a chance to do it sometime this week. We'll go over it and read them. But please, if you have anything that you want to send to us, some stories of your time behind the bar, working in the bar industry, um, as a patron of a bar, we don't care. Send us your stories. We want to read them. They're super interesting. Send them to us at barsidetales, T-A-L-E-S, at gmail.com. We would love Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Shane, Thanks good to see you, brother. On. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. Love you. Love you, too. We'll see you next week. <laughs>